Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 751 with a review of Saltburn. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, Stephen and I are getting ready. Stephen's about to be gone for a week. Um, but we happened to catch early screening of both Saltburn and Dream Scenario. So we are rapidly recording some episodes for you before Steven goes off to pack and disappear so that we can kind of like string these uh, episodes out in the time that he's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm calling my shot too. I'm gone the week of Thanksgiving. So if you're listening to this and it's after Thanksgiving, know that uh, it just took a while to to push these all out. (laughs) Well, I mean, we still have two other ones in the queue. Uh, Mm -hmm. It turns out, uh, you know, scheduling a bunch of during the week screenings. Yeah, is, is uh, you know, it gets away from the time that you would be spent uh, doing an actual it, edit. It but. makes it tough. I'm feeling old because every night this week I have had some kind of thing I was doing, often multiple things I was doing. Like Monday, we watched a screening and then recorded. Tuesday, I drove down south to meet some friends for dinner. Yesterday, we watched a screening, and then I went to a comedy podcast taping after that. I'm, I'm just exhausted. I'm... I do not like doing things. And I've been here. I'm recording this from my not quite home office, uh, which I have been in since 530 this morning. Uh, and I am very tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's been a long day. We're going we're, we're gonna to get through these episodes, though, Stephen. And uh, we're oh, going to yeah. have a good time doing it. That's our... Oh, yeah. That's our spoiler warning promise. <laughs> you ready to do it? I'm ready. All right, let's take a listen to the trailer for Saltburn and then come back and give these generous folks listening a review. Did you know there was a college Christmas party tonight? NFI, me and you. Not fucking invited. You all right? Yeah, I've got a flat tire. Take my bike. Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm, uh, I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, I love you. I love yeah. I love you. All right, cheers, Ollie. My parents, they've got problems. What kind of? What do you mean, problems? I don't think I'll ever go home again. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. Mr. Quick. Wow. And here he is now. Oh, what beautiful eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I told you he wasn't a minger. Oh, but darling, you're kind about everyone. You can't be trusted. I had them hang up an old school dinner jacket. We dress for dinner here. Dress for dinner? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like black tie. I think I like you even more than last year's one. You're so, um... So what? Real. Can't have been easy for Venetia. With you being a mother. Why? Time to take things up a notch. Shorty had them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. This place. You know, it's not for you. Lots of people get lost in Saltburn. Oh, that's just giving me goosebumps. Look, Pamela. Oh, no. I think you're a moth. Quiet, 
harmless. Do I want him to shine his teeth? <laughs> what have you done? I just thought that maybe I could help. You're not leaving us. You're not leaving so I don't think I'll ever go home again. All right, so that was the trailer for Saltburn. It's basically about a young student at Oxford who um, meets a nice, well-off, uh, <laughs> charming individual from the school and goes back to his estate um, for summer break, I guess, or just just to visit. And sort of his experience there and kind of walking into this world of, of what this family represents, I guess. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Saltburn? Uh, man, where to start? Um, is this my favorite trashy movie where someone drinks period blood of the year? No, it, it's not. <laughs> is it my favorite movie where Jacob Elordi brings an outsider into a lavish but soulless estate of 2023? No, no, it's not either. But is it my favorite elevated trashy film featuring Rosamund Pike? the repressive violence of upper-class living and someone's surprisingly good-looking penis? No, that, that would be Gone Girl, actually. Um, <laughs> this movie... I was into the idea of this movie. I thought the trailer was pretty compelling. I didn't know what it was. Honestly, I was kind of bewildered what it was going to be, but I, I was curious about it. I love me Barry Keoghan. That, that's how I'm going to say his name. Just split the difference between all the pronunciations I've heard. Um, I love... I think he's great in everything. He's a very interesting, like, idiosyncratic actor. As we talked about a couple episodes ago, I like Jacob Elordi. I think he is um, very good at being the aloof object of affection and intrigue. And I think here he does an actual really good job of playing the character Felix as this kind of, like, rich, privileged guy who isn't a total dick but also is a little oblivious to his own privilege, but the kind of guy that a a less cool person like the character of Oliver might latch onto and idolize, and uh, he might take him under his wing. I, I, th I thought he played that really, really well. And this whole movie, it's a weird thing where the actual premise on its face, the thing it starts with and decides it's going to be at the beginning, I thought was pretty great. Like, I liked it. Uh, this opens with uh, Barry Keoghan, meeting a Jacob Elordi kind of randomly by happenstance, befriending him, having moments of awkwardness where the gap between their respective wealths was clear, the fact that he isn't really an insider, even though he thinks he is, the kind of awkwardness as he tries to get closer to Felix but realizes he can never truly fit in in his world. I, I, I liked all of it. I liked the idea of Felix having this kind of sadness inside of him because wealth is its own kind of burden, this thing you can't escape that makes you be isolated from other people. I Basically, I would totally have been into the Virgin Suicides version of this movie, which is kind of what it seemed like it was doing for a while. Um, I don't want to spoil it, and I won't, but I'll say this movie isn't doing that. It's using that starting point of a good movie <laughs> and deciding to be twisty and reveal-y and do constantly surprise you. And every reveal made me like it less and less and less. It, it was this weird thing where the more clever it tried to be, the more I felt annoyed by it. <laughs> um, and in the end, I don't know, this felt like a, 
a well-acted but totally empty exercise in style. And I wound up being pretty aggravated about it by the time the movie ended. Like, I can't, I can't hate it because I think everyone is good in it. It had some solid laughs, some solid awkward moments. I thought it was doing an interesting thing. And then it's like Emerald Fennell just decided to, hey, let's not do anything interesting. Fuck it. Let's actually make this movie dumb instead. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. It, it was just a really weird... It was losing a half star like every 30 minutes as I watched this movie. Um, and yeah, it was an odd feeling. How how did you feel about it? Yeah, um, I... I don't think I was as aggravated as it by it as you were. Um, I still kind of, it's kind of one of those things where like, I really, really liked it at the front start, you know, like, like the initial story that we're getting the straightforward, what the trailer is selling of like this young guy who's sort of being brought into this world. That's so much bigger than what he could have imagined for himself mm -hmm. um, was sort of interesting. You know, like when I watched the trailers, I was like, all right, this is sort of like a, a modern, darker Gatsby sort of situation. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I was expecting. Um, and you know, the film that we get is, is not <laughs> that at all. Um, but I think that like all the stuff at the beginning, I'm a hundred percent vibing with, I'm really, really enjoying it i can't wait to see what's going to happen and then you know like the fear that i have when he's going to reach the family is just will they accept him right like he has this one mm -hmm. person who seems like out of his league as far as friendship goes um yeah. but has embraced him and really really likes him around and i'm i'm sort of wondering for the shooter drop of what happens when he gets thrust into the bigger life like we're already seeing signs at school about other people in um jacob lordy's character uh, his yeah. circle who don't like the fact that this new person is coming in and getting attention, right? So there's already that tension there, but I was interested to see where it goes with the family. As soon as we arrive at the estate um, at Saltburn, um, the film really wants to sort of veer into like, uh, what's the triangle of sadness territory where it's sort yeah. of trying to be a satire of wealth, but it's not particularly, it's not, do, it's, it's, it, it feels as though it's about to try to be a takedown of the the rich, but what it really just turns into is sort of like very quirky characters and it's not mm -hmm. saying anything about them. It's just like them getting a chance to be quirky. So it's kind of like I was like the film kind of gears me up to transfer into this sort of satire and then it's like, oh, no, you just want to have some weird characters that I'm going to watch. And then it just slowly starts to delve into darker and darker territory and I think that for me, I am not sure I want to or am supposed to root for anybody in this film. It's more mm -hmm. like I'm just watching a journey and it transitions from one type of genre to slightly another type of genre to slightly another type of genre. And in the end, I'm kind of golf clapping, not because hmm. I thought it was clever, but just kind of like... I'm just kind of like fuck it. I'm embracing what this thing is doing. You know, it's it's gonna. When, it, when it, you mean when you say the end, do you mean like literally the final scene, or you mean the the reveal, the framing device? Um, the uh, not the reveal, the framing device, but I mean like once once it's clear what the end goal is, I'm kind of just like now I'm just what like it's it's like you wore me down, and now I'm just watching mm -hmm. this trajectory. And now I'm watching it for what it was, which was a Fantastic Fest film. You know, like beforehand, yeah. like before when I watched the trailers for this, I wasn't associating it with the type of thing that you would watch at Fantastic F Fest, which is a genre film festival. Um, mm. But then like by the time I'm three quarters of the way through this film, I'm like, oh, OK, I'm recalibrated now. 
now let's try to watch this for this. And it's not that I suddenly enjoyed it again. It was just that I was kind of like, I know what I'm watching now. So I'm not, I'm not struggling with what it's doing anymore. I'm just, I'm just, okay, I'm I'm in, I'm in for the ride now. Let's, let's do what we're doing. And then it happens. And I'm kind of like, cool. In the end, I'm not, it's not like, I like the reason I'm golf clapping is because it's like you did what you set out to do. It's not because I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like you you did it. it it's just kind of like, all right, this is what you wanted to make and you made it. And it's kind of, it, yeah, it, it 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 didn't, it definitely didn't blow me away. I like the film it was starting out to be, and the film it became. I understand what it was doing, and I'm like, you yeah. accomplished that. But it, it's still like sort of thing where it's like this film wants to feel edgy and shocking and and like take you through things. And I don't know if it's to any specific end, um, but I don't. I didn't hate it for doing what it mm-hmm. did. I just regretted my miscalibration going into it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. I think I feel a little similarly, though. Maybe I'm more cocky or whatever in thinking not only was i miscalibrated but that the movie itself didn't know what it was doing and that those scenes were actually pointless um yeah (laughs) it's weird because i i can like a movie that is provocative that just like wants to make me uncomfortable this just felt very shallowly provocative to me like it felt like scenes happen so they can be the scene you talk about not because they actually flowed from anything (laughs) at all in the story like i think it's hard to do this without spoiling things, but the way we are presented, uh, Barry Keoghan's character and the way he evolves over the course of the movie, it fits that Great Gatsby mold that, that you were talking about it kind of perfectly, actually, like yeah. him and the sister. Like, there's so much there that kind of fits that storyline. Um, but then occasionally he will just do a thing that feels like it only makes sense because he is in a movie or a switch has suddenly flipped and he has become some kind of daring, shocking character. And I understand, God, without spoiling, I get the golf clap maybe like retroactively being like, okay, now we get all of it. But the way the movie plays out, it just doesn't feel reasonable or like an actual overflowing of how that character would behave in this situation, it feels like the director saying, hey, we are going to make a movie with not one, not two, but three very shocking, weird, memorable moments that people are going to talk about later. And each time it happened, I was more annoyed with it. Like one, I'm like, OK, I'll give you that. You can be, you know, uh, candy, sugar coated, <laughs> nightmare, edgy, sexual, whatever. It's fine. Do your thing. I don't mind it. There's a second one. That first one has to do with a lawn. Um, you know, some kind of event that takes place on the lawn. The second one involves like a bathtub. And with the bathtub, I was like, okay, (laughs) now you're just like fucking with me, you know, whatever. It's memorable props to the character for committing to the bit, but like, but but, I don't know, but you're overplaying your hand in that one. The actor is playing to the audience there, right? Right, exactly. Because because there's the scene that was the way he was supposed to act it, and there's a little tag on the end, which clearly like feels like he improved it, and the director was like, "Fuck it, that's going in." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyways, continue. Yeah. Well, then there's a third one involving dirt, um, and that is where I was just <laughs> completely lost on this fucking movie. And I don't mean in like a logic brain. Oh, it doesn't make sense. I just mean like. It just felt juvenile and like empty provocation without 
a point it had completely abandoned the idea of this story being about anything. And I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was annoyed with the excesses of this movie in a way that Promising Young Woman was like, it had a ramp up. It had a point of view. It took it to extreme kind of wish fulfillment places, but it was one thing the whole way through. Like you get what it is doing. This felt like a bunch of half-baked ideas of wouldn't it be fucking awesome if I put this in a movie tied together with nothing except for a cool aesthetic and actors who can make it semi-convincing that this is a story. Like I, I just felt like it was tied together in a very lazy way. Yeah, yeah. To, to that point about feeling like it is a cool aesthetic and a half-baked thing, the way you calibrate properly to this film is you close your eyes while the trailer's playing and just listen to that droning, like sort of like slow clubbish kind of like kind of like techno sound and just just feel that and then maybe listen to half the dialogue and be like, all right, I know what I'm getting into. It's the movie that I'm imagining goes with that mm. sound, that grinding sound. And that's the mm -hmm. film you get. You know, you, you talked about. If, yeah, if I know you... what you're imagining, you dirty dog. <laughs> But but like, you know, when you, when you talk about Barry, Barry Keoghan's character, like feeling like he's sort of like in something else. And, and I, I think that he really is the star of his own film in this case. Yeah. Right. Like and his character does feel that way. And it's only through like scenes will happen that will feel weird and out, out of place. But it's because you're seeing the him who is real. You know, like like you're you're actually getting a view into his psyche in that moment, but it's like you're not seeing the way he acts normally around other people because this is like him in a private sense, right? And and mm -hmm. I feel like without going into it too much, that like, you know, th there isn't the reason why there's that golf clap at the end is because like I I do realize all the weird shit that made me go like, what the fuck are you doing, movie? I'm like, all right, this all makes sense now. Mm -hmm. It's not like it blows my mind and I'm like, oh, my God, so good. It's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, I get it. You, you did it. Like, cool. Like, you got it, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, I think get too, it. I, I don't I, want to dunk on it endlessly. It's just it, it's weird because it's like half of a movie that could be really good. And it's like they decided to just make it not good instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's funny is like while you were talking about... Um, how you see that character and what he does. I was going to compare him to another character from another property. And then I realized that Barry Keoghan literally is that character in another property. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's I'll bleep that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so it, it was just funny where I was like, I was going to make the comparison. And then I was like, Oh no, a, I shouldn't make the comparison and B it's hilarious that he literally is that character. <laughs> I mean, his casting is great for this role for this movie. Like this, this fits too with his um, a Banshees of Inisherin character as the kind of like pitiful person who is in love, like like in that Great Gatsby mold at least of the movie you think you're gonna get. He's kind of great at it, and he's playing a little bit more quote normal and put together here than usual, and he does it well. Like I totally believe him as this nerdy guy who is not entirely uncool. You know, he isn't his his friend who's saying. The NFI not fucking invited you know he's like he could hang with the cool kids at school a little bit but he doesn't have the sauce you know like he, do yeah. he doesn't have the thing that makes him fit all the way and it's about like the striving and and he as an actor I think he embodies that really well I also think Rosamund Pike I, I thought was very funny in this movie like intentionally funny I think I think she's trying to be this 
she is in the triangle of sadness version of this movie um of the the wealthy mother who is just way too obsessive and in denial and wants to control everything and wants reality to be whatever she desires for it to be and i think she plays it well i can see a movie where they would all even fit together pretty well and that movie becomes ready or not or something like that would be the genre exercise i thought this was going to do um is start with something real and grounded and then eventually snowball into a a movie that is doing a hyperbolic version of the social commentary it was already doing before but it it just twists and turns in ways that make it feel like it isn't about anything if uh i don't think we need to do a full spoiler segment because we could just go off on like weird scenes but i do have a reworking of the plot and a removal of one scene that i think mm-hmm. might fix it and i want to run it by you um so we can do no, that we should it. do it we can do a quick spoiler section okay let's okay cool let's do it we can go over i believe there are four scenes that are weird that we can talk about and i like two of them <laughs> <laughs> all right well before we do that is there is there any more more that you would like to say kind of about about the story i it it's hard to speak generally more than that i i guess on a personal level the the earlier parts like when i went to college i was totally alone i didn't know anyone else from escondido who went up to berkeley and i for whatever reason was placed in the jock dorm so it was me and then three quite cool athletes. <laughs> yeah. um, and at least a couple of them, they were from a rich part of California. They knew a million people who were also going to Berkeley at the same time. They, We were like in a party the first night of moving into the dorm. It, it's like they just had this thing about them um, that reminded me of the Jacob Elordi um vibe where he's just kind of cool and and like they were nice they were kind to me they weren't being dicks or anything but i just like i felt at the beginning like i can't live up to you because i don't flow through life the way you flow through life yeah and i felt really nostalgic watching this movie open and kind of depicting that relationship because it was the kind of thing that i felt in my own life for a while too and then of course you grow up and realize you're all the same and it's fine um yeah yeah. but i I was like quite into it and quite moved um there's a scene with a a a school dance and a rock that is being thrown later and all of that i thought it was just pitch perfect love where this movie is going can't wait to watch this relationship deepen and strain in kind of competing ways that i'm so into what the movie was doing and I think that is why I'm more disappointed in the movie it wound up being because it it actually hit a personal nerve that I was really excited to uh, to dig into more. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. Like I I think that opening does feel feels great, and like I was definitely tuned into that as well. And I was like, oh, this this might be a really great film. You know, like you wanted it to be yeah. like somewhere in between like the holdovers and like shit house, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, exactly. That's, that's like what this film was kind of making you feel like it was going to be and then it just as soon as it gets to salt burn it's like oh yeah yeah, that's right this is a different movie <laughs> yeah it's funny this will not be the only time in tonight's recording session i mentioned shithouse <laughs> but we can we can get yeah, to that next <laughs> oh man good times um all right I, I think we're probably good on the pre the pre-spoiler stuff so yeah Let's go ahead and get to our pre-spoiler verdicts. Uh, Stephen Miller, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for until pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Man, I in terms of letterbox rating, I should be going wait for rental, but I'm just 
on the curve of what I felt this movie could do. It's a pass with a caveat for me. I'd, it it had a lot of great potential. I think it lived up to that potential for a while, but it just soured me on itself. It, it kept undermining whatever it was doing, and I left feeling vaguely annoyed by the movie. So caveat is I think all of the cast are great. I think the opening of the movie is very good, and I think they could have done the autopilot version of the story and it would have been a like recommend with a caveat um <laughs> but then they decided to get clever and provocative and shocking and your mileage may vary maybe you'll have a blast but to me it just felt like it wanted to be a thing people talked about rather than be a single piece of art that is saying something and to me i don't like how intentionally much like barry's character is in his own movie this felt way too aware that it was a movie trying to be seen by an audience and talked about. And I would have rather it tell a story directly rather than be so self-conscious about what it is doing to me as the viewer. So yeah. whatever. I, I think the quality is probably better than I'm making it sound, but I just was disappointed with how they played it. <laughs> yeah. As I said at the top, uh, I, I, I was not as aggravated by this film as you were. It still didn't like leave me going like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I saw Saltburn early. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was sort of just like, like I said, golf clap by the end. And for me, that get, that earns it a, a wait for rental. <laughs> like, I think the beginning is generally good and the end sort of becomes fun in a weird, twisted way. But it still doesn't really amount to much. But I, I didn't actively dislike it. <laughs> yeah. Happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy for me, too. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that is our pre-spoiler verdict. Now we're going to get into our pre-spoiler goodbyes. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at all the social networks at S. David Miller. That's including X, Threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, whatever you want to do, or sdavidmiller.com. <laughs> people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or at uh, a few different social networks at ChristopherIRL, including Mastodon.social. Um, you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. That music is playing now. It's going to fade up. We're going to disappear for a few seconds. And when that music fades back out, we will arrive at Saltburn and be able to discuss full-on spoilers for this film. So get ready for that. Alright, we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of Saltburn. We're here to talk full-blown spoilers. We've made it to the, the estate and uh, we're having our full dress dinner party and we're going to let yeah. you know uh, all, all the fun little bits. I, I, I think there's a few scenes I know you want to talk about, but let me get to my, my ways to fix this film, Stephen. Um, sure. I kind of have two alternate paths. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a film, there's a film, there's a, a moment in the middle of this film where uh, Jacob Elordi uh, decides, Felix decides to surprise Oliver and take him to go see his parents or his mother, <laughs> what, he, what he assumes is just his mother. Um, and, you know, this whole ride, it's like, oh, we're surprised. I'm not telling you where we're going. 
And then Barry Keoghan starts to get really, really upset about the fact that he's going to his parents' house. His mom, at this point, is supposedly a drug dealer. His dad is supposedly dead, um, having died of like an overdose or suicide. I forget which one it is. Um, but, it, you know, it's supposed to be a bad situation at home. They arrive at a plenty nice home. Uh, and both parents are alive. And it's sort of like an oh shit. Barry Keoghan has been lying about something this whole time. And yeah. now the shit is about to hit the fan. So that setup is great tension building because now they both have to go back to the rich estate and it's like what's going to happen now is he going to start to is he going to tell the rest of the family that he's full of shit and it's all fake is he gonna let him stay but totally treat him like shit now because it's all separate you know like what is going to happen and i think that like we were watching a film about a guy from the outside finding his way inside but some of the other peripheral characters are trying to push him out too because they're kind of jealous of his of his existence in that group now so we were in a situation where now he's been welcomed in and everything is in jeopardy. And what if all the crazy shit he's doing, <laughs> like the literal murders, are to mm -hmm. keep inside the family, right? That mm -hmm. is not exactly what's happening. And that kind of story would work because then... It, then it's more of like a Coen Brothers situation, right? Where he was he was totally an innocent, fine guy and then got in over his head and now he's he's in murders and hiding bodies and shit like that, right? So, yeah. so you could kind of feel, you could still feel a tragic sympathy for this character because you see that he, you know, he's fighting for what he thought he had. Like, you know, it, it's still misguided and it's still, you're not supposed to root for him, but at least you feel the tragedy of of him going out of his way to try to prevent himself from being cast out from this family. Mm -hmm. That that could have worked. And I think it would have fixed a lot of the problems that you have and, and some of the problems that I have with this film. The problem is we get the flashback that this was all a big setup. It was whole plan yeah. the whole time and everything. He had been massive. Like he was setting it in motion from the very beginning. And then it's like, all right. Well, like that makes it almost a bridge too far. We're now. And that, that's kind of the thing where it's like I could have rejected the movie then but instead i was like all right it's fine <laughs> you know yeah I mean? okay so your drop off was later than mine then because i assumed for most of the movie it was exactly what you just described right i assumed that was the story is um jacob alordi is going to out the fact that he has been lying the whole time and so he has to kill jacob alordi so he can stay in the family yeah uh that friend who wants him out he has to basically blame him, you know, plant information about him dealing. So he gets kicked out of the family. Then when the sister threatens to hate him, right, to say something that'll make him leave, he has to kill the sister. Um, yeah. Even before he then violates that by, you know, killing, uh, killing Rosamund Pike, which I don't actually see any reason for that. I guess it's just money or, or he just wants... He, he has this obsessive desire to be salt burn rather than to be accepted by any of the people involved in yeah, it he, he just um, wants to be the owner of all of the shit like he, he basically yeah. goes out of his way to systematically destroy an entire family and just become that family um, right yeah, yeah and and that's the thing is there's a telling of this which is the promising young woman version of this is a fantasy of flipping some social dynamic right like generational wealth it, it is like profoundly unfair, especially to someone who isn't the recipient of it. And what if I could just go in and fucking take it all? You know, like you could imagine a version that does this, but that 
it just tacked that on at the very end in a way that didn't to me it didn't alter anything about the movie um yeah but even before when i thought it was just him being a part of the family it just i don't know it didn't feel like it was built up to properly it, like my experience of the movie was he is 90 percent just the shy guy trying to be accepted and trying a little bit too hard and it being awkward and then 10 percent is him finger banging the sister and wiping the blood on her face or like like he suddenly will just switch into like a rasputin type role of like i'm gonna be like the worm tongue who tells you exactly what you need to hear and i never believed those switches ever 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 and to me that that behavior is what annoyed me about the movie because the moment he would do things like that i've lost my anchor i've lost anyone that i'm watching the film comprehending in any way and the explanation that it is because he's trying to stay with the family those behavioral patterns would be different if all he was trying to do was be beloved by the family. Like it, it, it was weirder and more controlling, which makes sense in the very end when you echo back the ending of him. He, like he not only wants to get their shit, he also is like an absolutely obsessive freak <laughs> about yeah, yeah, their yeah. wealth, you know, fucking the grave and slurp and come out of the bathtub and <laughs> all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't buy it. I, I just didn't buy any of that stuff. And I don't think your fix would have made me buy it anymore. All right. One more. One, one more. This, I, I had two alternate tracks. So one was the desperation to stay in the family. The second one involves the fact that the family has this obsession with tragedy porn. It seems that mm. what they want is to be surrounded by people of lesser means who have had a bad backstory who it's yeah. like just hearing those stories. It's not that it, it gets them off. It makes them feel like oh my god i can't believe you went through that like they have this obsession with hearing those stories and they want to surround themselves by by other people so there is another track of the story where he thinks he's being welcomed in that he's actually loved by all these people and then slowly by watching them treat other people poorly and hearing all these stories and seeing what they're obsessed with he realizes that there's nothing about him that they actually like it's all the horrible stuff that has happened. So the thing that he's yeah. so worried about, which is his backstory, is the the only reason why he's even there. And that causes him to violently lash out and, like, take them mm-hmm. down as a way of retribution for, like, the loss of the love that he thought he was acquiring from them. And, like, yeah. that's another track that I think would have worked. And yeah. then that might have allowed for some of those weird things. Like, like, once again, the reason I golf clap at the end is because all that stuff that seems out of character, it's like, no, the other part was an act. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's sure. So I dumb. Mean, it, it's so dumb. But like, at the same time, I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> if, if the reveal is he's always been a freak, that's fine. But to me, the combination of he's always been a freak and also he's a calculating super genius who got his way. Those are two different vibes to me and they just smushed it together into one reveal (laughs) you know like i feel like if he is desperate to be loved and desperate for attention (laughs) to the degree of him going nuts and killing people i can imagine that movie i can i like your alternate track the best of all the versions of this movie you've described so far yeah but that would require some kind of breaking point some kind of crescendo after which he becomes this guy who is lashing out and yeah, the yeah. movie, like, not only in the ending is it obviously not doing that, which you're trying to correct. I think the movie linearly would play very differently if you were building up to that being what happens to him. So, yeah. 
I, I agree. I like that version well, of the movie better. I mean, to be fair, if it turned out he didn't have a tragic backstory and suddenly Felix didn't like him anymore, that might be the inciting event. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I, I do, by the way, I, I like Carrie Mulligan in this movie. I think that character is funny. And I guess in <laughs> retrospect, in your in your theory, the alternate track at least, none of her stories of woe actually happened either. Like maybe everyone is lying to this family to just get well, to stay there longer. So I, what I took is that, because she, she ends up dead, right? And I don't think Barry mm-hmm. Keoghan snuck out and killed her somewhere else to make sure she couldn't ever come back. I think she literally died because she just like went back to her old ways. Right. But I think that there's the scene where, cause I think he is, he is a cal- calculating super genius because he's having that conversation with the mother where he's like, Oh, if any of her stories were true at all. And that's him showing his hands to the family, yeah. but so confident that he can just tell them that he's lying and they won't even see it because he's giving them what they want. That she's so tragic. She's making up her tragedy. Right? Yeah. So. Well, that, that is also the, uh, yet again, that is the first stroke in his plan of getting rid of anyone who might lay claim to their fortune. Right. Because yeah. he, Basically, when she has left, he is making sure she cannot come back or trying to plant the seed, at least, that she is not to be trusted because he knows there's a pattern of her leaving, then coming back and leaving and coming back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't learn that she died in that moment, right? It happens later that she died. Yeah, I think it, I think it happens later. Because like... I, I feel like Barry plays it when tricking the audience as if he's feeling some guilt in that moment that he doubled down on being negative about this woman who wound up actually needing help and dying. Um, but that's another thing where he's playing to the audience because he is having a revelation only we can see, but that revelation in, implies a conscience that he doesn't actually have. I thought he was playing to the mother. Like, mm. oh my God, that story is tragic. I can't imagine. Like, I, I thought he was... Because, like, it's like she gets... The mother gets the best of both worlds, according to her, right? Not only did we get rid of the person who was tragic and we were getting tired of her tragedy, but then she ultimately dies as soon as she leaves. So not only is she tragic, but she's tragically dead. And we were the only thing keeping her alive. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. like a, it's like yeah, a triple She's always whammy. so dramatic like that, or whatever the quote was. <laughs> See, that's the thing is I remembered him reacting to how calloused and how easily uh, Rosamund Pike could discard this person and not even care that she died anymore. Uh, but yeah. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, <laughs> it's hard to remember everything straight with all the wild shit in this film. <laughs> anyway, do you have any theory, and you don't need to, uh, for the grave fucking scene? Because <laughs> that uh, was the one that most lost me in terms of how long it went on and how much it was just trying to be, quote, a moment rather than mean anything. Like, like obviously, I mean, obviously that's for the audience. But yeah. his character is not doing it for the audience. The director is doing it for the audience, right? Uh, right. But to me, I I just bought into the idea that he just really wanted to fuck Felix, and now Felix is gone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, it's like, he wanted a lot of ways into that family. And I think he settled for the daughter, targeted the mother, but ultimately wanted Felix. And then, but you know, he premeditatedly killed Felix because he came out there with the poisoned alcohol. Um, He did. Oh, no, but that was after he was was already going to get kicked out of the, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I assume that wasn't going to be his plan originally, but maybe. I don't don't really understand anything. I think he wanted more than just to drink his bathwater and other things. Um, I I think he actually wanted, like, he, 
he uh, <laughs> Jacob Lordy is is physically the salt burn that the <laughs> that the estate is right. Yeah. <laughs> so he wa- he wanted to conquer both of those, and mm-hmm. the with the tragic like the fact that he had to kill him did not remove that lustful energy for him. So he had to literally fuck his grave. Um, yeah, and unless, I mean, it, unless not the like... crying was the acting part, in case anybody saw it, and he was literally fucking his grave in in the way that you would piss on somebody's grave, mm-hmm. <laughs> you dislike them. Yeah, because that not that the movie needs to be whatever literal or make total sense, but in any literal understanding of this story, he is just jeopardizing everything by doing that. Like the family has just walked away; they are still. <laughs> Like, like he is out in the open. He could be seen by anyone, and he is just like mad fucking this grave. <laughs> but, but I think we've seen that this is the type of family who doesn't linger on mm-hmm. that. They kind of just like, like when they first find the body, they're like, "Oh, isn't it lunchtime? Let's go eat lunch or whatever." Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So they're not going to hang around to see it. Um, yeah. also, Am I remembering right? And I think you referenced this too. He does make a kind of awkward pass at the mom in the midpoint of the film or try to say something that would be like sexy or appealing. And then when she doesn't bite, he tries to pivot. Yeah, he he says he he says, oh, uh, Venetia, Vanitha must have been what's her name? Yeah, whatever this is, the daughter's name. He basically says it must have been hard for the daughter having her as a mother. And she's like, oh, why is that? And he's like, because you're so beautiful. Um (laughs) He he definitely was trying to, like, put the seeds of, like, you and I are going to have sex later. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, his move worked because he gets to be the head of the household um, eventually. Yeah, it just, my read, and again, I know the ending kind of redounds back on the movie, so maybe it was trying to do something else the whole time. But my read was, at the time, watching linearly, it was this guy wants to become a part of Felix's life. He is attracted to this wealthy lifestyle. He needs it. And that attraction becomes sexual. And from there, it's just like it played as if the movie was being him getting too big for his britches and getting corrupted by sexuality and hedonism and wanting to like wanting everyone all the time with the way he approaches the sister and the way he approaches the mom and the all of it there was something about it that felt very like like fake edgy to me that just turned me off from the movie yeah i i think it goes back to that the the calculating super genius side of it is he was giving each of them what he thought that they wanted from him right um yeah like, but then he's not a calculating super genius because he clearly abysmally cannot pick up on social cues. <laughs> hey, I think, I mean, you, you can't deny it all worked out for he him in the results. end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets results. Love uh, or the last hate thing him. I just, I just want to acknowledge it. I have nothing clever to say about it, but Naked Dance at the end of the movie... I'm I'm fine with it. I'm into it. That, that's a fun way to end a movie. It doesn't fit the movie that we've seen at all, but whatever. I I mean, I mean it, that was it, one of those flights of fancy where I'm like, sure, that's fine. That's I, fun. I argue it does fit it because that because that is who he has been this entire time, but he's had to like keep up this ruse ruse of of like him being this like little little guy, right? And this is him. Like he got everything that he wanted like literally the yeah. last 
he could finally go full goblin mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's little, and there's what 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 this film needed is the tragedy of the dance ending right before fading to black, and him realizing that like I I got everything I wanted, but now I'm alone in Saltburn. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. that's that's what it was missing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you did you hit all the four scenes that you wanted to talk about? There's the grave fucking. There's the tub licking. Uh, there, there's the period stuff. Uh, was there a fourth one that you? Um, there. I mean, I mean, no. We hit all of them because the lawn. The the approach of the sister is the first time oh, yeah. he becomes like a kind of heightened sexual creep. And there, I was okay with it. Like it didn't totally fit, but I was like, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you one. In the world where he is being corrupted by wealth and hedonism or whatever, I was fine with that. Um, but yeah, then the others just got progressively more like a director wanting to have a movie moment rather than it serving the story in any real way. What what happened to the, the father, the dad of the family? I, f- I, I think he dies off camera i think because there he but is it is it natural Barry, or does barry yeah, do it we assume because barry sees a newspaper article of him dying at a certain age and that is when he goes to the cafe and waits to oh because that was after so he had he already left plan yeah yeah okay okay so he was just biding his time until he was like oh now if we were to get married yeah, or or he thought he had lost, you know, because the dad kicked him out uh, and he didn't think he was going to get kicked out. And then when the dad dies, he's like, yes, I still have a chance. No, so, I think I think it was all part of the, it, was. it was all part of the plan. Right. Because he wasn't going to marry the father and get the father's fortune. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if all the the kids were dead and he was like a son that he might still be able to inherit everything when everyone else died. But like, I think it was always like I need to legally be the the one in charge of all of this. And then that mm-hmm. allows me to like finally take out Rosamund Pike and then be done. Yeah, I I can't explain this in a helpful way, but the combination of the goblin mode that Barry <laughs> goes in this movie uh, and the nudity and the dancing uh, all makes me think of Holy Motors, which is a much more cool, weird movie. If you want to go that route. Um, I don't think all of those happen at the same time in Holy Motors, but separately they definitely all happen at least. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Well, that's a review of Saltburn, everybody. We have to go take off now and record a little review of Dream Scenario. Bye. Bye.